0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi,
1: And welcome to this op- episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode 964 and oh, do we have a good one for you. B.S. Incorporated offers a unique insight into the life in corporate America while also giving insightful and heartfelt stories. The book may be a work of fiction, but it uses real-life experiences. And let me tell you, as I was reading this book, I felt like they were some of my experiences, frankly, uh, and how people try to work Through What Corporate America Sets Them Through. I've invited authors Jennifer Rock and Michael Voss to join us to share the reason behind writing this style of book and how it can help firm leaders understand corporate America life. Jennifer and Michael, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show.
0: Thanks for having us,
1: Rick. It's great to be here. Yeah, I uh, for those of you that are watching us on the Facebook live stream, obviously Jennifer and Michael are not here in the studio, but I'm holding up a copy of their book BS Incorporated, and I have to tell you what a great read this book is, and. And I've got a bunch of questions about the content, but also kind of what else I want to ask you. So, so let's get right into it. My, my first question, and Jennifer, Michael, whoever you feel most comfortable, what was the inspiration for the two of you to make the commitment to write this thriller?
2: Well, Richard, we had a, a wide range of experiences uh, working in, in corporate America in and, and big companies and small companies and mid-sized companies. We experienced the typical highs and lows and some of the humor and humanity, but there really was one situation that inspired us. To write the book, and we were uh, sitting in a an all day meeting in a big company. And if you can imagine the scene, a large conference room with a huge table in the middle, and there's a couple of executives quarreling at one end, <laughs> a handful of project managers playing Words with Friends on their phone, and the IT guy is snoozing in the corner. And we finally just made an excuse and escaped to a nearby bar patio, and we're <laughs> trading all the stories of craziness that we've experienced. And at one point, I looked at Jennifer and said, everyone says they should write a book about the things they experience in, in corporate America. Why don't we do it? Why not us? And uh, we pinky swore that after sobering up, we would do it. And six years later, here we are.
1: So, Jennifer, when, he, when Michael first suggested that to you, what was your uh, initial reaction or thought to that suggestion of writing a book?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, and um, and it's funny because Mike and I have always worked so well together, and um, we are a very like mind, and so when he said we should write a book, um, my initial reaction was, we should write a book, and I actually have a bunch of notes that I've been taking over the last couple of years, Okay, and he's like, what? I, I have too." and so we, we actually compared notes and compared folders of characters and situations, and uh, we had a lot of material to work with.
1: How long did you two work together? Kind of, what's the foundation and the background relative for the research you did to prepare you to write this book?
2: So Jennifer and I um, have each worked in um, various forms of communications throughout the years, from internal communications, marketing communications, advertising, etc. We met working at uh, Best Buy's headquarters, which is uh, located here in Minneapolis. Jennifer was there for twelve years; I was there for fifteen years. And as she said, we we determined early on that we had like minds and we collaborated well together and uh, one thing led to another and we ended up writing a book
1: so you picked the name business solutions incorporated for the company that was falling apart at the seams and then the acronym is turns into the title of the book right b period s period incorporated can you tell me a little bit about how you picked that name b s incorporated for the title of your book
0: Right. Well, you know, um, people always talk about us in communications as being um, spin doctors and kind of masters of BS. So it was it was kind of on our business cards from a, a very long time ago. So I'm um, only right that it becomes the, the title as well. And, and, you know, so much of the corporate experience. Um, You know, it doesn't matter, actually, if you work for a small company or a big one, every job has some amount of BS that you have to deal with. And so we felt strongly that that be part of the title. And so we we completely backed into the fictional company name of Business Solutions for our uh, office supply and copier company.
1: You know, as I was reading this, and, and for those of you that love, let's say, the Dilbert cartoon series where you see in the humor the real life, I have to tell both of you, uh, th- as I was reading this book, I thought, wow, these corporate American corporate experiences really are transferable because I swear you are writing about my experience in the corporate world. Do do people who read your book, am I unique in that observation or are you getting that type of feedback from others who are survivors of the corporate world? We get
2: that kind of feedback all the time, Richard, and it's so encouraging because that's really one of the things we set out to do with the book, which was to share those kind of universal experiences that people can see themselves in, see the, the companies they work for in, see their co-workers in, and, and we wanted to do everything from the, you know, the absurdity of being required to change your password every six weeks with some strange combination of numbers, letters, <laughs> symbols that might as well be a foreign language, all the way through to some of the greatest joys you can have in your work life, uh, which is, of course, finding free food in the
1: break room. Exactly. You know, th- 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 this book speaks to how I think... In corporate America, middle market, middle mid-level managers are really the shock absorber between the first-line managers and the and the direct employees and the executive suite. I think the the two leads in this book really have to do, especially Will Evans, has to do a lot of bridging the gap between the actual way the business is run and the knowledge and ego of the of the founders and helping them to make the right decisions on behalf of the company that they started all those many years ago um is that your experience as well in the corporate world where these mid-level managers and are the shock absorbers as i you know i just said for kind of the culture and for getting the company to do the right things
0: you know, that's exactly right. And, you know, in, in our story, uh, Will Evans is certainly that buffer, that, that shock absorber, as you said. and um, And we really wanted to put a spotlight on everyday heroes. And, and Will is certainly uh, a great example of that. Um, he is definitely the bridge between the executives and the, the frontline employees, and, and often there is no bridge between the two. And, um, you know, it, it, Will is that, is that every man. He is that corporate employee that, that you want to work for, that you want to work with. He's the guy who tells the great stories at happy hour, and he's the guy who toils behind the scenes with um, with very little credit in the end. And I think that kind of encapsulates a lot of middle manager corporate experience right there.
1: You use the term flower box to talk about kind of where the business started, which is the actual warehouse where the products get moved, the shipping departments, those people, which is really the organic beginning of the business, and the relationship that now the corporate headquarters, which is physically removed, and it sounds like emotionally and spiritually removed, but Will is the person who grew up from that culture and it is able to kind of be the keeper of of that memory. Um, Is that experience was that purely fictional or is that sort of brought into life from your direct experiences of, of how maybe some corporate uh, organizations are run
2: First of all, Richard, thank you for picking up on that because to us that's such an important part of this story that the, the role Will plays in trying to bring together the the warehouse and the, the corporate offices. Um, and it, it really is based on um, some true-to-life experiences, one of which both Jennifer and I had in working at Best Buy in which the store employees were – very often forgotten and overlooked and those are the people who really make make the business go and then I had um, prior to working at Best Buy while I was going to school I worked in a warehouse of an office supply company that is loosely uh, the basis for uh, Business Solutions Incorporated, and there was really something powerful about coming together as part of a crew and those relationships you would build um, in sort of that simple, honest work that we wanted to represent as well. So we kind of melded those two things together into, as you said, uh, what the what the people in the story call the flower boxes or the warehouses, and and really try to shine a light on that type of culture.
1: Well, uh, and I think it, w- it was interesting how the problem of the companies not growing and the pressure on the founders to show growth so that they're multiple and so that their stock price, etc., the things that get public large public companies get pushed under. Their direction was to create a entirely new business around consulting, which you guys called. I'm going to try to say this right, Uptelligence. Am I saying that right? That's correct. Yeah, and I thought, wow, that is such a generically perfect name for one of these corporate initiatives, right? I, I wouldn't doubt if yeah. some people grabbed this and used it inside their own companies uh, because it's, it's like perfect, <laughs> you know? Oh,
0: we knew we should have trademarked that. Exactly.
1: How, how did you come up with that term? I mean, where did that come from?
0: That came from many traumatic experiences that we had working on large, nebulous projects in corporations. Um, You know, we we call it a word merger. It's the unmistakable calling card of great big, um, you know, big four, big six consulting companies. Right. uh, Where you take... Two perfectly good words like "optimum and intelligence," and you squish them together into something that's, you know, a word that's suitable to put on a T-shirt or a coffee mug.
1: <laughs> and it strikes me that the people who come up with it are really proud that they've just created like this new word that is should be everybody should immediately uh, want to change all of their past behavior because they've come up with such a cool-sounding <laughs> word, right?
2: <laughs> That's exactly right. As Jennifer said, stamp it on a coffee mug, stamp it on uh, a fedora. <laughs> Everything. Everything sort of swag you can come up with and yeah there's just a belief that that alone will uh, change behavior and drive results
1: so i'm talking with jennifer rock and michael voss and we're talking about their outstanding book bs incorporated and for those of you that are watching on the live stream i'm holding a copy of it up here this is a page turner ladies and gentlemen let me tell you i uh i found myself looking forward to the next break time that i had to spend time reading this book and kind of going on the journey with with uh, with Will, frankly, he is the, he is the main character. It seems to me in, in the book. Um, you, your treatment of consultants is not very. What's well, harsh is too strong of a word accurate i I think accurate is is a is a good word but it's it doesn't put them in the best light can can you share a little bit because you you just you just didn't do it with one consultant but later in the book there's a there's another consultant that comes in to help with the restructuring and and they too get a treatment from you both that is less than kind can you can you share a little bit about um about your view of that and how that those two entities made it into your book
0: Sure. Um, well, first of all, let me say with the caveat that in real life now, um, since we have left corporate America, um, Mike and I are consultants. <laughs> so let me be very clear that <laughs> we are amongst that world and okay. we have no personal, personal issues with consultants. We are some. Um, however one of the universal experiences that we wanted to get across in this book um, is that idea that outside forces come into a corporation and they um, aren't really respectful of the employees, of the culture, of the history of what makes the company tick. Um, And it is that soulless, bloodlessness that they come in and restructure. And, you know, I think there's a line in there that they, they move pieces of the of the company, like a, a street card Monte, uh, you know, a three card shuffle, and um, and we had that in our experiences. We we had bad experiences with great big consultancies who who came in and uh, with little respect for the company um, tried to change the company into something that it wasn't and make it more generic and, and kind of take the soul and the life out of a company, and um, and that again is not. Every experience we've ever had with a consultancy, and it certainly isn't across the board, but it is one of those universal experiences that um, people who work for big corporations tend to share.
1: You know, I, um, having worked in Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 corporations, and having had some experience with outside consultants, it is interesting to me. I thought your per- actually, I thought your portrayal was very accurate for how some of them can come in and totally. Disregard the culture and the and the foundation that got that made that company great, because they believed they had a better way to, that the company had to change so much that almost reflecting on your past was sort of a disadvantage to future growth and 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 so I felt your treatment in the book on on and the other consultants you write about can be very fair because there can almost become this emotional wave where if you're not marching to the tune you could be put you could be put at at peril or at risk within the company that you've worked for for maybe a decade or longer is is that am i accurate in in kind of in my portrayal of of what I you know retelling the story of what you wrote
2: that's entirely accurate and the, the other thing that that happens richard is you know, these consultancies aren't staffed with uh, dumb people. I mean, they're intelligent people. They, they have a lot of experience, a lot of education, and, and not all of their ideas are bad. But as uh, both you and Jennifer have pointed out, they, they want to execute their plans with such bloodless efficiency and disregard for what has come before um, that, that very often they, they begin to blind the the top leadership of the company to their own history and and their own people and some of the great ideas that can come from within. And and we have a line in the book that uh, in which, you know, Big Al, the, the warehouse guy from the flower box, is explaining to Will. Uh, everything that has transpired in the company and at one point he says pretty soon if you don't have a visitor's badge it's like the ceos can't hear you anymore and that, that was that was our way of summing up exactly what you
1: just said there you know you talk about big al and he is quite an interesting character he assigns people that he likes within the company nicknames that have meaning deeper than the surface level and it is really almost uh, a rite of passage in the culture to be anointed with with such a name. But you have so many interesting characters. Uh, frankly, I was surprised and pleased that in this book you were able to make, whether it be Will, Big L, Anna Reed, or some of the other characters, really feel like real people. H- how did you do that?
0: Well, well thank you, first of all. Um, and these characters are certainly have, have been a labor of love for us. And, you know, we, we never set out to write a tell-all of our experiences. We never set out to um, write a memoir. Uh, but we certainly, for these characters, took inspiration from real life. And um, we wanted to, you know, put a, a spotlight on the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of of some of the behaviors and the people that we've worked with over the years. Um, None of those characters are wholesale taken from real life, but they are certainly inspired by um, a lot of really wonderful, smart people we've worked with over the years. Um, Big Al in particular and some of his very best qualities is taken from a CEO that we worked with um, for many years and had great respect for, and he did assign us all nicknames, and um, we are still called by them. And um, and also, you know, somebody like Jerry, um, one of our co CEOs of our fictional company, he was an amalgam of of different execs that we've worked with, and he's a good example of of somebody we rolled a few characters that we knew in real life together. Because there's a lesson in Jerry, you know, he's a rock star on the stage. He lives for the show. He can get employees fired up about anything. He's charismatic. He's charming. But backstage, he is kind of socially awkward. Yes. He's um, also not very confident. Right. And, you know, we, we, we wanted to tell the story of somebody like Jerry that, you know, for other leaders, um, leaders who are inspirational and motivational are often created, they're not born. And Jerry surrounds himself with smart people who give him good coaching. And there's a lesson in there.
1: This book is. Uh, um, I cannot recommend this book more highly than I do if you are either a student of corporate culture, a a survivor of corporate culture, or someone who just enjoys a novel that is written with really a good story as well as well-developed characters. So um, I think it is rare, frankly, to find a business book like B.S. Incorporated by Jennifer Rock and Michael Voss that is thrilling to read but yet feels somewhat biographical at the same time. So I I really think you guys nailed it here. You, you, You introduce early a character from the outside, Anna Reed. And, and I, I love the way you, you kind of bring her in sort of almost, you know, as this outsider who, who appears to be one thing, but through this, through the book, you really do see layers to her, um, was was that planned or did that kind of just organically happen as you were writing the book was that was that one of your original plans was to bring her in as in one way and reveal her in more detail throughout the book or did that just happen during the writing process guys
2: our original plan with uh, the character of Anna was definitely to bring her in as an outsider because we wanted to contrast Will's experiences where he had been working for the company his entire career and then what it's like for someone like Anna to jump onto this speeding train and try and figure out what's going on with this company that's moving so fast and everyone is speaking its own language but the the truth is Richard the multi-layered Anna Uh, evolved over time over multiple rounds of edits to the entire manuscript Um, some really good insight from some smart editors uh, that we worked with that helped us really flesh her out more and make her um, start out to be a certain way and really as you said just as you said um, begin to see deeper layers and maybe more going on with Anna than first meets the eye
1: you know she comes in very confident in in every way from dress to attitude to the way she commands the room to her own internal self-talk. And one of the lessons that I learned from this, and I don't know if that was intended by you both or not, and, and tell me if it wasn't, but I, I took it away from that, is that even someone who historically is a, is a rock star can be pushed off their game if they go into a culture that is so under stress, that it even then undermines that own, their, th- that individual's confidence, like they become a product of the environment that they're in. Was, that, was Is that a fair assessment of sort of Anna's character through the story?
0: Um, that's a brilliant assessment, actually. Um, so, yeah, Anna um, very much, you know, is, is based in, at least in part, in um, me starting out in my career and feeling like you know i i had to prove something and be the smartest person in the room especially frankly in some male dominated industries right. in which i worked right and um and you know you can you can come in with your good self talk and all the confidence in the world but everyone has a breaking point point. and you know i think anna would say that business solutions is a very insular organization and um you know at one point she describes will as kind of um rising up through that organization and kind of a, a safety cocoon and she's had to fight for everything and so um it's a different environment and she comes from a very different perspective um, than inside of that company and so um so a very astute observation thank you for that that um yeah it, everybody has their their breaking point and um and you know it's it's just a it's a tough thing to be a new employee in such a stressful company
1: you're right and and um it is hard for a new hire to come into a company and to make a positive impact because whether uh you realize it or not. Unfortunately, there are people in the company who really don't want you to succeed for whatever reason, and they're out the gun for you, sort of wait you out, especially if it's the kind of company where new hires come in and they don't last and they don't succeed. The culture learns, well, we'll just wait you out because, you know you're not going to be here in five years or something so i thought i thought the treatment that she got in uh and the promises that were made to her and the way that she was treated was really not at all fictional it was fact-based it was just the names have been changed to protect the innocent or at least you know change the environment a little bit i, I really um so ladies and gentlemen you have to read the book to find out how this book ends so i'm not going to i'm not going Give that away because I, I, no spoiler alert here, but I can tell you I, I felt a very strong desire to read the sequel to this book. Is there one planned?
2: There is uh, a sequel planned, and actually, there is a uh, sequel that is being written as we speak. Really? Uh, our, uh, our publisher has uh, encouraged us to have it uh, complete by the fall of 2017. At the same time, we want to make sure we do the story justice and we don't rush anything out so that there is a a good chance that it will be available in the spring of 2018, which might sound like a long ways off, but it's really just a little over a year from now.
1: Will you uh, provide me with a copy?
2: We, we absolutely will okay. provide you with a copy. Okay. Um, we we love how you've picked up on uh, all the, the sub-themes that we've, we've layered into this story. So uh, you will be the first on our list.
1: Wow, wow. I, I, um When I saw the picture on the back of the jacket and I saw the main characters, I thought, hmm, is this somewhat <laughs> autobiographical or is this, you know, not somewhat autobiographical? And I'm getting a sense from this interview what the answer to that question might be, but I... I have to thank you for... This must have taken you two... I can't imagine, first of all, collaboratively writing a fiction book like this and then having outside voices, as you said, with editors and people who are well-meaning. But I know how that can be. You think you've got the paragraph or the chapter done and you get it back with more homework to, to do it right or better the next time. So the fact that you're willing to put yourself through that again for our benefit is much appreciated here on Critical Mass Radio Show. If someone wants to buy BS Incorporated by Jennifer Rock and Michael Voss, how do you suggest they go about doing that?
0: Well, uh, the book is available on all uh, online retailers such as Amazon, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, iBooks, um, and you can get direct links to all of those places and exactly where the book is on our book website, which is rockandvossbooks.com. You can also learn a little bit more about the book there and a little bit more about us.
1: I want to thank you too for giving of your time today here on the radio program and podcast to kind of give us the backstory. I this is one of my favorite books of 2016, ladies and gentlemen. And I I get the privilege of reading quite a number of books here on the Critical Mass Radio Show through the authors that we have on the program. I, I I can guarantee you, if you're a student of business and you like a well written, well developed character set with a good arc to the story, and if you've had any experience in the corporate world, you will feel these two people were in your business with you. Trust me. Thank you for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass community. Keep writing and I I can't wait to have you back on in the future.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Yeah, you guys are great. This is a great book, ladies and gentlemen, and that's going to do it for this segment of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'm going to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I'm your host, Richard Franci. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show podcast or the firm that I lead and the CEO peer groups here in Southern California, then please visit my website, criticalmassforbusiness.com. 4 forbusinesscom And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.
0: You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.